Oh, hey there. Tennis, anyone? Tennis? I can't believe that I've spent so much time talking about tennis this week. I like tennis. It's not my favorite sport, but all of a sudden the world of tennis and the questions surrounding uh, Naomi Osaka's withdrawal from the French Open it has raised so many questions, not just about, obviously, about tennis and that particular sport and how it's managed, but also about athletes writ large and how we deal with issues of mental health, health, um, anxiety, and depression. The leaders of the Ford Grand Slam tournaments reacting yesterday to Osaka's withdrawal from the French Open by promising to address players' concerns about mental health. But this pledge uh, came in a statement at the same time the uh, administrators who had threatened the possibility of disqualifying Osaka if she continued to skip news conferences. So, I mean, which is it? Like, we're going to get you the help you want, but don't do that again, or possibly we're going to disqualify you. So on Monday, I have another job, by the way. I'm uh, also the uh, news anchor uh, on global television, and my co-anchor and I were discussing it on Monday evening when this first came out. Uh, And I relayed what some of the other professional professional tennis players like Rafael Nadal had been saying, which is, you know, that without the press, they probably wouldn't be the athletes that they are today. And I got lit up. I got lit up on email. People saying, you know, you shouldn't say that, you know, you, that they that Osaka should have to do press conferences. You know, in my defense, I was relaying, I wasn't offering an opinion. And, but then we discussed it yesterday here on the radio program, and I opened up the calls, and I this was the, the, the general gist of it was, quote-unquote, it's part of the job. That was what callers said. It is part of the job. And then Shiba Siddiqui came on, my producer came on, uh, and, and, and she talked about, you know, that there's a, there's a gender issue here and there's a race issue here. And <laughs> I got lit up again. I got lit up again, and here's a sample from my inbox. As somebody said, I want Sheba to know how offended I am as a white male. This is from my inbox again. I want to. I, I, do you seriously believe Osaka was a white male? He'd get a pass. You're delusional if you truly believe that. It's just one sample of uh, you know some responses from the segment. But to help me understand this more, I'm pleased to the welcome to the program. Sabrina Razek, who is a Ph.D. candidate at U of T, specializing in women and gender studies and physical education. Welcome to the program, Sabrina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, let's begin with gender and race. Do you perceive uh, this issue um, to have elements of that? I do, actually. If you look at the way men are treated in the media, Um, versus women, we can even look to the examples of Kawhi. He would laugh and get lauded, and that's all he would say at press conferences. Very, very curt responses. You have Tiger Woods, who was able to skip a press conference and write on his Twitter why he missed a putt. You have Marshawn Lynch, the football player, who said, I'm just here because I know I'll get fined if I'm not here. Bill Belichick, the head coach of, you know, the New England Patriots, is says very few words in his press conferences. It is it is not scorned as much as female athletes are when they quote unquote misbehave to the media. So it, 
if a female athlete were to do all of the things, any of the things that you just described, now those are instances where those athletes and coaches actually did show up to press conferences, but just recalcitrant and, and you know, not very much, offering very much. You're suggesting that if a female athlete does that, the response is different. The response is different. And even in tennis, Serena has often said, John McEnroe too can display certain behaviors on court and she cannot. And women are conditioned, you know, the, the phrase boys will be boys mm. is, is, is there because we are conditioned to accepting uh, the types of behaviors that are not afforded or privileged to women. And so that does play a factor when a woman does not follow the rules, they are punished and suffer consequences at a much higher rate than men. I began this segment by talking about what the, um, the Grand Slam um, tournaments were saying, could you just give me a reaction with, to their response saying, you know, we're, we, we want to give you the help that you need. We, we hope that you get the help that you need. By the way, you still need to do press conferences. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because Osaka did agree and she did a short interview on court. So it was specifically the press conferences in which she was referring to that have, as she pointed out, outdated rules and, and processes that she wanted to see changed. And they did miss an opportunity there. The highest paid female athlete in the world right now who is driving their ratings, they had an opportunity that was that they lost. So I, I do think there's stringent rules. And remember, this is the same, organized, same sport org that said Serena cannot wear the cat suit that she wore as well. So there's a history. There's a history there of policing women and and uh, especially women of color and black women on what they can do on and off the court. So it, they learned the hard way too, because the backlash, I think now we are moving towards more support of athletes and humanization of athletes and more empathy and compassion for what they have to endure. And that leads me to my next question, which is the, the response, the overwhelming response. When I open up the phone lines, quote unquote, it is part of the job. Can you respond to that? And, you know, I, and the, even the notion, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And Osaka's second statement that she put out um, where she really was feeling a bit of, of regret of, you know, acknowledging the, the journalists that are out there that do a good job. But remember, this space is and has been for decades close to 90% white males journalists. So the, the will to change and the space that, that for racialized and black female athletes is not really a safe one. Uh, Serena has walked out of press conferences. LeBron has walked out of press conferences. And many racialized athletes have because of the lack of understanding. So I think that the arena needs to change of, of how we treat our athletes, especially our racialized and black athletes. There are so many issues here to, to unpack, um, the other one being mental health, uh, and that cuts across all genders and cuts across all races. And And I think if there is one real super positive about this is that here we have um, a world-class athlete uh, talking openly about mental health challenges, and, and that's got to be positive. It is positive, and we've seen this surge of athletes taking up that space with DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love, Clara Hughes, all of these athletes, and Perdita, her latest book too, 
there's no real support in place for athletes uh, to to go to sport organizations regarding their mental health. They have to seek it out on their own. So I think this conversation now being a global conversation can really spring forward the necessary tools um, that should be put in place to better support our athletes. Sabrina, it's a fascinating conversation, and I really do appreciate you coming on and, and providing some great perspective for all of us. Thank you again. Thank you so much. That is Sabrina Razek, who is a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Toronto in the Department of Kinesiology and Physical Education and specializing in women and gender studies.